Y'all, today we have another entrepreneur spotlight, but this one's a little different because we have Amanda and she's a website designer, but I took this conversation down all kinds of different rabbit holes and I'm excited for you to dive in and listen. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Serve Scale Soar family. Oh my goodness. We are back with another episode and I'm super excited because we have one of our amazing Serve Scale Soar members here. And Amanda is an incredible web designer. And I cannot wait to chat about how you've been able to scale your business because this is one of those niches that some people are like, I can't scale this. Like it's not scalable because I have to do everything for my clients and it's so customized and all this. And I love when we have people on here that are just breaking that mold and showing what is possible to others. So Amanda, tell my audience who you are as a person and then a little bit about you and your business. Yeah. So I'm super excited to be here as a person. I'm a wife and a dog mama. You can actually, oh, she's on the other side, but she's over there. <laughs> um, and we live in the Pacific Northwest and we love exploring, um, hiking, being outside, just kind of ex- exploring and taking in all, all of the beautiful landscape out here. So, and then as a business owner, um, I'm a brand and show it website designer, um, primarily focusing on photographers and interior designers to help them really show up as their true best self online. I love the niching down. So we will definitely yeah. go into that. And I also want to talk one, everyone's going to say, Oh, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Like, where are you from? And so tell everyone where you're actually at. Yeah. Northern Idaho. Um, if anyone knows where Coeur d'Alene is, that's I'm like an hour south of Coeur d'Alene, which is a beautiful, I love Coeur d'Alene. It's so pretty. <laughs> so we love, my best friend actually lives in Seattle. And so oh, we nice. love to go up there. And the funny thing about it is every time I've been to Seattle, it's never rained. And I've been like for weeks <laughs> at a time and it's never rained. And she's always like, Brittany, this is not how it is. I'm like, why does everyone say Seattle so rainy? Like, this is great. She was like, you bring the sunshine every time you come. Cause it is never like this. And yes, so it's all from Florida. I love it. <laughs> and I love how beautiful it is out there. Big trees. It's just beautiful. So yeah. I'm excited to chat about your journey, Amanda. And so tell us, how did you even get started online? How did you get into the web design? Like, what did your journey look like? Yeah. So I've always been interested in design. I was like that crafty little kid that was making their imitations in Microsoft Paint when they were 10. And so I like really got into it in high school, did the high school yearbook and kind of took charge of that. And that was always super fun. But everyone told me, you know, arts, you can't get it, can't really make any money in the arts or design, you know, go to college, get a doctorate. And so I attempted to go to school for vet, uh, veterinary science um, to come, become a vet and found out I was super allergic to almost every animal. So <laughs> um, that didn't work out. So I went with my quote unquote backup plan and um, started studying graphic design, loved it, felt felt like right at home. So graduated, got an internship with a corporate company here locally that I was do, actually doing a website design for them. Um, and so that was a big learning curve because graphic design and website design, they overlapped some, but they are very two very different worlds. And so I learned a lot on that internship. 
fell in love with all like the, the technical aspects of it because brand design is not is more of like creative artsy side I feel like and then website design gets a lot more technical so loved all of that and then uh just began feeling all the burnout and like we had so many restrictions of what we can and can't do and just felt like I wasn't really using that creative muscle that really I really need to use and so um started doing like freelance just to really just kind of get out of my this mundane same thing every day and I fell in love with it I had done small business branding in college and absolutely loved loved all the passion behind it and so started doing finding clients online through like Facebook groups of like, hey, I can do a logo for you and started doing it that way. And when I found the love for it, I was like, I why why aren't I doing this? Why am I going to a job that I'm not loving and looking forward to when I get home and I get to work on my computer even more, you know? And so yeah. I really wanted to grow that into like a full-time business. And so I spent the last I spent about two or three years just kind of growing that into a, a more of a full-time business that way. So I love this. So I have so much stuff I want to unpack. And the first one I want to unpack before we go even further back is where you talked about you just started being in these Facebook groups and doing like logo design. Were these groups you were just already in? Did you like how did you learn that you can create this like a business online? Did you were you listening to podcasts? Like, how did that even come about to be like? Oh yeah, I can do some logos and this is going to turn into a business. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you're familiar with Dave Ramsey. I think you actually yep. did a tour of his stuff, but and so I was listening to Dave Ramsey actually, and he had one of his his co-hosts was Christy Wright in the business boutique. And oh yeah, I listened to that. And then so I got her book. And then that's kind of how the whole like idea of like how you even start a business and like what's the way to do that. And so that's initially like the first Facebook group I got into just to kind of get my feet wet that way. And that was super helpful. And then I opened up to like, there's tons of business podcasts and it just kind of opened the doors that way to, there's so many different resources to get started that way. So I always love to know, like, what is the like initial thing that set it off? Cause it's so different for everyone. For me, it was like looking for stuff, blogging, blogging was not my passion or my calling or no one wants mm-hmm. to read my like grammar <laughs> and everything, but that opened the door to others. So I love that yours was through listening to Dave which then led to Christy. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So I wanted to get that. And then I want to go back to the whole college thing because you're actually like doing your degree. You are doing your degree, which is so rare. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, everyone told you like to go get a real job and like all this kind of stuff. And so what was that thing that was like, okay, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm just going to pursue what I'm really passionate about. Do you remember like, what caused you to do that? Like, I mean, maybe you just followed that and that was it. I mean, I, being the veterinary medicine program, I just didn't, I always felt like a fish out of water. Like this is not where I'm supposed to be. And so knowing and loving design and like, I just kind of started to look back into the programs that they had the college. And I remember walking into like the art department building and being like, they had posters about Photoshop and Illustrator. And I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> um, and so like, it just kind of, once I decided like, Hey, let's just go explore it. It just kind of felt like this was the right place to be. So. And I think this is so interesting because my husband and I, neither one of us use our college degrees. He did environmental science and then and now he's a stay at home dad. And then I, yeah. and even before that he was a chef and then me, I did international relations, African studies. 
and then went to law school and I'm not doing anything with that. And so the crazy thing is I'm always in the mindset, like Riley doesn't need college. College is like a scam. And my husband's like, no, but we learned so much about who we are in college. And it's so funny because you went to college doing what they told you to do, like get the like traditional thing that we say that we want to do when we're five. Mm -hmm. And then from college, you found your passion because of the courses that were offered. And I think that's so interesting that, and I would love to have, we need to have someone who knows, like projects what's going to happen with colleges. (laughs) Cause I think it's such an interesting topic is everyone has such different experiences at college. We had an amazing experience, but I don't think it set us up for, you know, like, and Dave Ramsey talks about this too, if yeah. like about how expensive college is and stuff. But I love to hear people that are actually doing something with their college degree because it's such a different perspective. So if you were to go back and do it again, would you go to college or would you like knowing what you know now, would you just jump into the online world? I would definitely still go to college just because I gained so much value from it. One thing I've actually talked about this with some of my peers is I've noticed that like so many people who didn't go to college, then they didn't have those continual critiques that we do like literally three or four times a week of your work. They don't have that skin of like, you know, the, oh, my client hates the work, you know? And I think that really gave me a really thick skin and know how to take feedback because you don't really get that if you just jump into the online world. Yeah. And so, and it also kind of helps me. I still have those voices in my head from my professors of like, okay, but how about if you tried this, you know? And so it really, it pushed me to be a better designer because I have had that mentorship throughout really learning all the different tools and everything. I love that. And then when we look back, I always say the one thing college gave me is we went to a small liberal arts college that you had to do oral presentations and every single class, like I took badminton and you had to do an oral presentation. (laughs) And one of the things I always talk about is like, now I talk for a living. Like this is, I'm always giving oral presentations and talk about like amazing training. And so I think there is, there's still value in college. And I think it's an interesting topic as we have a lot of moms that are listening, like what's the right route moving forward. So, okay. So that went down a rabbit hole that I did not know was going to (laughs) go down. Thank you for playing along with me. Yeah. So now I know that, you know, you're a creative I do want to jump into your niching, but I do want to talk about this first. How do you tap into your creativity when you're not feeling creative? Yeah, that's that's always a tough one. For me, it's, you know, putting in headphones, even if I'm home alone, putting in headphones for for whatever reason really helps me get into the zone. Do you actually putting listen on, to anything or is it just the silence? It depends. It's usually usually music, depending on like I actually will get a playlist that really kind of resonates with the client. And so if it's a client that's a lot more laid back, sunshiny, like I'll do kind of a coffee shop vibe. Or if someone's like, I just worked with like a DJ. And so he's a lot more upbeat. And so I put on like really like oldies and like dancing mo- music to kind of just kind of get my brain into that mode of like, hey, yeah. we're going to create in this with this kind of vibe in mind. And a good cup of tea is always just kind of get my, I don't know, moving, moving is in some way, even just kind of like get my body kind of moving that way is always helpful. But if I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this, I'll, I'll get definitely get into those ruts where I'm like, I'm out of stuff. <laughs> There's no more in me. And so like taking a break, walking away, you know, taking the dogs for a walk around the block and just even for a day, a whole day of just like shutting my computer is always super helpful to kind of reset my brain and, and come back with fresh eyes. And it's so crazy because I wouldn't consider myself a creative, but so many of us in the service-based business, we are creatives. We just don't recognize ourselves as creatives. Mm-hmm. 
No matter if you're an ad manager and you have to write copy, create graphics or social media managers doing the same thing, or even OBMs with like strategy and what does that look like? And I think that the more that we can tap in to say we're all creative, our creativity just looks different and finding what gets us into the creative mode, which is why I asked you, do you sit in silence or noise? For me, I like it to be as silent as possible. My husband walks oh, in my gosh. office and he's like, why is it so quiet in here? And I was yeah. like, I have to hear myself think. And yeah. so I'm an auditory learner. So my brain's talking to me constantly. And so it's so funny that when we can stop saying we're not creatives and sit in it and be like, actually, we are creatives. All of us, no matter what we're doing, it's creative. How do we tap into more of that to bring out our best self, no matter if it's with our courses, services, whatever it may be, that I think that there's this misconception that only graphic designers, only web designers are the creatives. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so there's like two different modes to like you mentioned, like sitting in silence, which I I can't sit in silence, but um, like if I'm writing, I will actually put on binaural beats and like for whatever reason that helps my brain to like focus and like start writing because I can't write and listen to music that would I would not be able to hear myself think that way but the binaural beats is like super helpful I don't know if you've have you ever tried those no I haven't but I know what they are yeah it's super helpful for writing and I I hate writing (laughs) I'll have to tell Janessa she writes all her emails I'm gonna get that for Janessa and say yeah so okay so now I want to talk about a little bit more about your business so you're niched down a few different ways. So in Serve Scale Story, you know, I talk about niching down either based on who you serve, how you serve them, or the sweet spot is the combo approach. And you've really mm-hmm. tapped into that where you're a web designer for show it. So you've niched down that way. Then you said you work with photographers and interior designs, right? Interior design. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have tapped into that. So you're in this combo approach. So how did you make that those decisions? Hey, I'm going to use show it and hey, um, I'm going to work with photographers and interior designs. How did you make those decisions and what has that done for your business? Yeah, so I'll talk about show it first. So I actually started designing on Squarespace, just coming from the background of like the corporate world. And we actually built literally everything from code. And I loved it. Love that aspect of it. But when it came to doing it for small businesses, they don't have time to mess with the code and they don't want to, they need to be able to update their sites easily without having to worry about like, oh, am I going to break something? And I found the case that the same case was Squarespace with WordPress. And so I don't remember, I think some, I don't think I heard about it on a podcast or something. I don't remember where exactly I heard about Show It. But they said, like, as a drag and drop, true drag and drop builder on like Squarespace. And so I decided to check it out and I, fell in love with it. It was like, it still gives you the option to really customize it with custom code, which is what I love to do for my clients, but we don't have to rely on it so heavily. Um, it's literally like you can change the color of anything you can, you know, it's so free form and I absolutely loved it. And so there was a period of time where I was actually designing on both Squarespace and show it. And I got to the point where I was like, you know, this is just not sustainable. Like my clients are having so much better success on show it. And I'm having a lot more fun designing on show it for them that it just seemed like a, a natural fit. And I said, you know, and I'm not going to do Squarespace anymore because it just doesn't, it doesn't light me up as much as show it does. And then niching down to photographers and interior designers. I, I mean, I still work with people outside of that industry, but those are kind of like my core of what I love, love, love doing. Just, I love working with them just because they have, they have the same creative eye that I, we're not the same one, but a very similar creative eye that I have. 
And so it's so fun to collaborate with them and really bounce ideas off of them. And, you know, instead of it just kind of me just kind of taking it all, which I love, still love doing, but it's, it's a more collaborative process. And I think you end up with a better result because of that. I love that. So when you're working, where do you find most of your clients? So I, for a long time, it was just on Facebook, just because I was not very confident to show up on Instagram. But since I've been showing up on Instagram more and like kind of getting to show the personal side of me and getting people to know who I am a little bit more, it's been a lot more like overwhelming Instagram. So so with Instagram, what is your strategy there? Because I'm always like, y'all, you can use Instagram, but it's probably not where I'm going to teach you. So tell me what has been your like most successful strategy for using Instagram to get clients? Yeah. So connecting with someone personally is like has been overwhelmingly really helpful. So example of that is if I have someone, if I, someone's looking for a designer on, on Facebook, I'll actually go over to their Instagram, um, just kind of browse their work let them know I love their work um, by like liking a couple photos. um, If they have a a story, like a story posted, I'll like reply to it and just kind of, you know, I'm not being like, Hey, I saw your post, you know, I want to work with you. It's more like making a genuine connection because that is going to make go way farther than the salesy aspect of it, I think. And, you know, I gained it someone else that can, you know, take a peek at my work outside of that. And I gain like friends. And so there's been so many people that, you know, it just wasn't the time, right time to work with me, but we still like talk back and forth on all their stuff. And then we comment back and forth and that, that creates engagement and shows, you know, that people were liking what you're doing. And so that's been, that's been the biggest thing is just creating a genuine connection to create a genuine connection, not to, you know, on the salesy aspect of it. It's just kind of, that's what spurred it, but not, that's not the end goal. I love it. So with, and you know, I'm all about relationship building. I always say I'm relationships over revenue and it's so important. And so I love that you've mastered that in that way. And so I want to also flip, you haven't brought this up, but you are a preferred vendor or I don't know what they call it. It's show it. What do they call it? Yeah. Show it verified designer. Yeah. Okay. So how did you go about getting that? And has that done anything for your business? What has that done? Yeah, that's actually been really huge. And so it's a lot of people don't realize it, but it's like a six month process of getting, getting vetted. Um, you have to submit a bunch of sites that you've designed before. They show it to them, actually go out and interview those people and kind of make sure that like you were fun, like a good person to work with. You did a good job. There's a whole course you have to take and a test and stuff. And so that's a really great verification process because not just anyone can apply and get in, but it's been really huge. And so now I'm able to like network with other show designers we actually have a whole Slack channel where we collaborate there. And then like I'm listed on show its list of designers. And so I'll actually get quite a bit of referrals through that way because show it's also really great about promoting us, which is another way that, you know, I just kind of submit my name. And I mean, it's more than submitting my name, but you know, I'm not doing any active marketing for them and they are promoting me. That's not weird. <laughs> That's okay. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, I love that. And so you went through this process. Has it brought you clients? Yes, for sure. Okay. I love this. So I think this is one thing, even if you're not in to show it, there's other companies that do this. I mean, one thing that we have also is for our service sales or members, we have the preferred service provider directory that people get on. There's Dubsado has theirs. And I think that Mm -hmm. it's one of those things like find out, just look around and see. I think even ClickUp now has uh, yep. one. 
And so there's all these different softwares that if you're like looking for this, just looking into it and see how you can get involved because even ClickUp didn't have this to begin with. It took people reaching out to them and saying, hey, this is what we're doing in order for them to realize that there was even a market for this. HoneyBook's Mm -hmm. another company that's amazing for recognizing people who do HoneyBook setups. So I think just taking a look around and seeing what's out there, because I bet there's a lot of people who don't even know the process to get on show it, or they're not even willing to go through a six month process to do that. And so things like this are going to help you stand out. I think that something like this is better than a certificate. Like when people are going to pay $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 to get a certificate, when, hey, just go find whatever software you're promoting, see if they have something like this and go through that route because that's going to hold a lot more weight than a certificate. Your clients just don't care about a certificate, but if they see like a company they trust and know and you're on there, like that holds a lot of weight. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So where do you see your business going in 2022? So I, I have honestly, (laughs) I've done a lot of like reflection back on 2021. And 2021 was the first year I did this full time. But there, we, we had a lot of family stuff going on. Like my mom had breast cancer and my dad had like to have foot surgery where he had to be completely off. And so it was, I was super happy that I was able to like be able to go down and help them with that. So 2022 is hopefully, you know, getting past all of that and actually like being able to do more and more education outside of like, you know, because so much of my work has just been like one-on-one and like I'm helping other clients one-on-one, but doing more interviews, kind of like, kind of like this getting out. I'd love to get, get on more podcast interviews, just kind of showing up a little bit more and showing how people I can, I can help other people. I love that. And inside Surf Sealsor, we have a whole training on getting on people's podcast. And so definitely yes. make sure you check that out because that is with Andy Trueblood. We actually have a podcast too. So we'll link up Angie's podcast on here about pitching yourself. And Angie has a podcast, so all about pitching. So I think podcast yeah. pitching is one of the best things you can do as a service provider, or if you're looking to create a second revenue stream. Um, I have so many people, I was telling beta to biggie members the other day that when I look at how people hear about us, it's either from our own podcast or because I was on someone else's podcast. Mm -hmm. And as a service provider, I talk about my journey of how many clients I got once I started getting on podcast. And so it's definitely a marketing strategy that's long-term, but it pays off. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I actually, I think I actually, it's been a couple, probably about a year since I looked at that training, but I think I did go through that training about a year ago because I was thinking about like, Hey, I kind of want to start doing, thinking about doing podcasts and stuff like that. And it was, it was super helpful. So thinking, thanks, Angie. <laughs> now everyone is going to hold you accountable, Amanda. And yes, be like, How I know. <laughs> many podcasts have you been on in 2022? Yes. So Amanda, this has been amazing. Thank you for just opening up and sharing about your journey. But before we end, I would love to do some rapid fire. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. What does success mean to you? Success means freedom. And so I know that's, that sounds like super cliche, but like it, it's so open that like I said before, like being able to help my parents with through their health struggles. And that's not feeling like I have to be, you know, be back in the office for that and freedom to earn what I want to earn and not just feeling like tied to, to a certain paycheck. And you're not at a vet job sneezing all day long. Yes. (laughs) There's also that. (laughs) That That's true. I was going to ask you what your favorite, maybe I still will. What is your favorite business tool? 
That's hard. <laughs> I love both Dubsado and Cluck Up. I have them like really integrated right now where like just the automation is like super awesome. So can I say two and say Dubsado and Cluck Up? Because <laughs> I, I love like both. I don't think I could do my job without either of them. Like they're they're both amazing. I thought you were going to say show it, which is why I wasn't going to ask. And then you surprised me with Dubsado and Cluck Up. Well, I, I don't know. I guess I guess I just consider a show a design tool, not a business tool, I guess. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. What's your Enneagram number? I don't know it. <laughs> I've taken the quiz like a couple of times and I'm like a I think I was like a three wing seven, but then tap or like, no, you have to be like a three wing four or three wing two. Yeah. And so I don't know if I didn't do it right or something, but I know I very I little three. about them, but it- I felt like that question was going somewhere in a way that because you said you like differentiated, you were like, but that's a design tool. And I want to pick this tool over <laughs> here. I feel like that's probably some Enneagram number. I work with a personality coach that does not do Enneagram or anything like that. It's like his own proprietary stuff. And he always says that I don't like personality tests because I always said like, I don't like, I know one, but I don't want to know one. And yeah. because my personality doesn't like boxes. So I'm like, I don't care what my Enneagram number is. (laughs) Don't tell me. I don't care. Yeah. So, but someone will message us and tell us what yours is based on that. Probably. I'm very, I'm very curious. That's going to be really funny to see. I know what Myers-Briggs I am. I'm like an INFJ. I know that one. Okay. So then my personality coach would tell you that you're not an INFJ, but that's what you want to be. because (laughs) true introverts like true introverts would never do this podcast interview actually on the podcast interview questions it like what is your biggest challenge is like i'm naturally shy and so like getting out is super hard for me so i would still argue an introvert but it's just i'm trying to get out of the comfort zone a little bit so it's really interesting because alex talks about i'm gonna have alex on the podcast at some point but what he does is so insane that it's really hard to have him on the podcast because he sees your face and he's able to tell you like your deepest, darkest secrets that you're like, how the heck did you know that? Oh my gosh. And so That's it's crazy. crazy. And so uh, one thing he says is about introverts is how like what we categorize, especially in the online space as an introvert, isn't an introvert. There's inhibited extroverts. And so those are hmm. people that are like, like, if you think about like you lose your inhibitions when you're, you have alcohol. And so like, there, um, I think it's inhibited introverts or extroverts. So you're shyer and, but like, a tr- and then he has someone that works on his team. that's a true introvert. Like they would never be on this podcast. And he talks about that. So it's interesting how, that's you know, like in the online space, we are so quick to put labels on things. And I'm not saying you're putting a label on you, but, um, with all the personality tests and stuff. So I would love to know what he says your Myers-Briggs would, because yeah. he would say that that is not yours. That's super so. interesting. Yeah, I want to know too. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And then this went way off track as well. Yeah, so sorry. What is, no, you're totally good. I love this. What do you think is um, your favorite business book or life book, whatever you want to, favorite book? Yeah, I am actually super bad about reading. Oh, I love it. I've read my favorite business book is Proverbs. first. I think that was super helpful for me because I, because growing up, we didn't have a ton of money management. You know, my parents were kind of hush hush about money. And so we didn't really talk about it very much. And so like learning how to handle money personally and professionally has been like super, super helpful for me. Yeah. So we run a sort of like 
it's a little bit change profit first, but it's, we definitely pay ourselves first and everything, which and plan through YDAM and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We have um, podcast episodes with Amber on Duggar on here. And so she like goes into all that. So we'll definitely link up those as well. But one of the things that I was just reading, it's in a book and they did all these studies that showed that kids who their parents actually were open and talked about money, which my, I come from a family where you don't talk about religion, politics, or money at the dinner table. So Mm -hmm. in the South, we don't do that. And so like we grew up, it was very hush hush. And I was reading about parents who are more open and talk openly about finances and everything with their children. Those children actually grow up to have better money management skills than the ones that it was not talked about and everything. So one Mm -hmm. thing that we've done with Riley is when I was at Ramsey's headquarters, they have this awesome book. It's like a kid's book and it just teaches them about money. So Riley now knows like where money comes from. And like when you do chores, you get money and like how we save and the integrity. If you find money on the ground, it's not yours to keep. Like we have to like give it back and things like that. And so it's definitely something I love that you talk about that about just like, it was hush hush. And I think the mm-hmm. more, and you know, on this podcast, I talk very openly about my yes, which I love. Yeah. And so it's just breaking that taboo. So I love that you brought that up. Well, I mean, this has been not the conversation that I thought we were going to have <laughs> as it never is. It was so much better. So thank you for coming on, answering all my random questions <laughs> and going down some fun rabbit holes with me. So I know my audience is going to want to connect with you see your beautiful designs and websites that you build. So where can they connect with you? Yeah. So my website is amandascottdesignco.com. So you can see some examples of my work, um, how to work with me that there. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. That's kind of where I hang out most is showing all like behind the scenes of what I'm working on and stuff like that. So that's super fun. The same thing there, Amanda Scott Design Co. there. And that's kind of the two places where I really hang out. So if you find me on the podcast, I would love to come over and say hi on Instagram. I would love to love to chat. Love it. We will make sure to link up all that information in the show notes below. Thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on today. Thank you again. Y'all, how singing go is that? Oh my goodness. We talked about, should you send your kids to college? How to get your creative juices rolling? What happens when you niche down? Are there directories that you can think about getting on? And how great podcast pitching is. And so I would love for you to connect, reach out, connect with Amanda. She's a beautiful designer. She's got beautiful um, websites, but also more important than that, she's a beautiful person. So make sure you connect with her, especially because she's already told you how much she loves to connect on Instagram. And if you'd like to meet more people like Amanda, scale your business, your one-on-one services, and take it to the next level, then head to brainymouths.com forward slash serve and check out our free training, how to scale to consistent 10K months without a team. And until next week, y'all, go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into the success you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time. 